Welcome to the Grown Up Masculine Podcast with me, your host, Finn McKenna Fox. I'm here on a mission to transform the everyday man into a confident leader so they can show up in their truth and in their power for themselves, for their families, in their career, and for the collective as a whole. I'm super excited to be able to share conscious conversations with some good friends and awesome guest experts. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to continuing this journey together. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Grounded Masculine Podcast with me, your host, Finn McKenna Fox. So in today's episode, I'm really excited to share an amazing, powerful story from Gary Fahey, who is a mental strength conditioning coach, but has come from one massive, massive journey of self-discovery within himself over the last number of years. So Gary started off his career working for 18 and a half years with the Australian Federal Police, where he was the head of the personal protection for the prime minister, as well as a number of other really big high-end roles. But through this whole process, he hit rock bottom within his life, where he lost his job, he had lost his relationships, and he lost himself. But through his journey, he found himself. And now he is here to be able to help many other men find themselves as well and learn from his mistakes. So one of the key concepts that we spoke into in today's episode was the importance of having brutal honesty within ourselves and being really open and honest with who we are and the stories that we are telling ourselves. So this is a really, really exciting, powerful episode for anyone to listen to. And I would love to hear your feedback. And if you have any questions at all, feel free to reach out to myself or to Gary. And if you find this episode was really beneficial as well, please do share on your socials. Hope you enjoy. So welcome, Gary Fahit or Gary Fay. <laughs> I'm really stoked to have you here on the Granite Masculine podcast. And yeah, really looking forward to having this conversation. Um, you've got an amazing journey um, to share and looking forward to being able to unpack that for, for all the guys listening. No, I appreciate it, Finn. And, uh, you know, as, as we mentioned before, however you say the surname, whether you say it in, uh, in, in the, with the Irish accent or you say it in Australian, it, it comes out the same for us. So no drama. Yeah, exactly, man. Exactly. Beautiful. So before we get into our conversation, like the first question I always like to start off with um, asking guests is, what does being grounded within yourself mean to you? Yeah, look, I, I think in simplest terms, it, um, it, it means being honest uh, with yourself. But, um, you know, we, we tend to, uh, over a number of years, move away from that honesty or perhaps even cloud that honesty with, uh, uh, you know, with, with some form of conditioning. And it's very easy for us to believe a version of ourselves that that isn't actually true and so in, in order for me to to feel grounded to be grounded it's about really exploring with that that brutal honesty about this is who i am and this is where i'm going as opposed yeah. to a conditioned version of that yeah i love that that's a beautiful one like it's it's so true like when you hear like you put it in that way like it's it's just being fully authentically you and like so often as we walk around wearing these masks and putting on these bravados of who we want people to see us to be but it's not the actual the true worse no that's, that's right and I, I think that the problem too is that the longer we go down that path the more we start believing <laughs> that is who we are and and then again it makes it very difficult to get away from there's, there's a lot of people i know that you know, I talk to and work with that, that are struggling more so because they can't get away from a false identity that they've created mm. uh, than the fact that they don't like, you know, the real identity of who they are. Yeah. Yeah. So true, man. And I'd love to explore that deeper, but like, I think one of the big things with it is like seeing this is like a big prevalent point for yourself with it. I'd love to hear a bit more about your story and how you got to that and who, who were you trying to be beforehand before you actually stripped back the layers and got brutally honest with yourself? Yeah, look, it, it, it's a good question. And, and I think it's fair to point out that the person that I was wasn't too far away from the person that I wanted to be. But there was some, there was, there was probably two points. One was the nuance of what it looked like. And the second was actually articulating it to myself. I, I think I was mm. very generic in wanting success and wanting happiness. And 
because I never sat down and articulated what success and happiness specifically looked like to me, um, I was, you know, I was probably a victim of circumstance and conditioning, just going with, you know, what external factors would tell me is success. And, and, mm. and those, those things are usually career and, you know, perhaps family, house and, and car. And, you know, in, in those terms, I was very successful. Um, you know, I spent 18 and a half years with the federal police and uh, the Australian federal police. I, I ran our prime minister's protection detail uh, for a little while. I, I was the executive officer to the commissioner. So I ran the commissioner's office in, in the federal police as well. And, you know, to everybody externally, I was an extremely successful guy. A lot of friends, uh, good money, house, car, good family, uh, great career prospects. Um, but something just didn't feel right inside me. I, I describe it as, you know, I knew I was struggling, but I didn't know with what, and mm. I knew even less what to do about it. And, and to be honest, I never asked the question hard enough to get to the bottom of it. So I just kept believing that what I was supposed to do was the path that I was on, that everybody kept congratulating me for the next level of success that I got. So I kept following that path. And something that, you know, might have moved me away one degree, um, you know, 10 years ago became a massive problem over a 10 year period. And I started to mask uh, my reality. You know, I, I, I battled a, a major depressive disorder for, for 10 years. I also had a major gambling addiction that, uh, that cost me almost $2 million. It uh, ultimately cost my career. I made some very silly choices around the use of my work credit card. Um, and it wasn't until even another year after that that I found the courage to explore um, deeper who I was as a person and found that in actual fact, I wasn't too far away from where I was, um, but my ego just kept getting in the way. When I felt like I was struggling, I didn't feel like I had the strength to ask somebody else. I was, a, I was the problem solver for everybody. Mm. My identity was attached to being a problem solver, which meant any time that I had a problem, I masked it. And, and ultimately for me, I, it was masked with depression and, and gambling. And, and sometimes when we're very deep into a masking strategy, we make very silly mistakes. And I certainly went down that path and ultimately it led to, um, you know, my demise. Um, but in, in hindsight, it also led to my rebirth, I suppose. Yeah. Mm, so powerful, man. Like, and it's, it is like, it's so true. Like it's, it's really tricky sometimes like when we're caught in that space of like like who it who it is that you were and who it is that you want to be there's not that much difference within it like there is that layer of like like our ego can just keep her safe in there it's like yeah i'm actually close enough to it but there is just that underlyingness there whereas for some people like there's a big difference between who it is they want to be and where they are like that gap is really big and that that it makes it easier to kind of see the transitions but as you explained yourself is like because there wasn't that much of a difference it was just a few deeper questions that you needed to actually peel back the layers to like you can see why we can get stuck in that space for so long because we're tricking ourselves at the end of the day yeah 100 percent. you know I, I don't know that there's many decisions there's certainly some i know that i would make differently but i don't know that there's many decisions and choices i would have made too differently um in the past um except for you know, potentially just articulating to myself exactly what it was I was moving towards. Um, mm. You know, in the absence of that plan, I became a victim of a false identity, pretty much. And, um, you know, then that false identity became too hard to get away from. And, um, you know, again, I, I feel a lot more comfortable with who I am as a person now and where I'm, where I'm going, such as the fact that I, I don't fear any of the, um, the issues that came up in my mm. in my former life it's uh they just don't exist because you know i'm not perfect at it but you know i regularly ground myself for you know to, to use your terms in in uh in in my honesty and who i am and where i'm going mm. and like i'd love to know with that like when when you were going through all of that back then like what was it that was holding you back from asking that them deeper questions for yourself what like you mentioned like your ego it was like that identity that you created for yourself i'd love to know a little bit more about where you're at in your mindset with that yeah look i think a, a lot of this we learned through hindsight you know and certainly at the time 
um, I had no clue. Um, the interesting thing that I, that I have learned is that uh, not only was I hiding a lot of things from everybody else, I was very good at hiding them from myself. So mm. um, our, our subconscious brain um, has been designed to protect us. And, and for want of a, a better term, it was protecting me from, you know, this, this false ego that I was, I was building up this false identity. It wanted to protect that identity. It was, and so anytime I would try and question um, it would, my subconscious would throw up quite valid uh, excuses or reasons why we were on the right path. We could just keep going. You know, I, again, we could, we looked for, well, I looked for reasons why I was on the right path, not indicators why I might've been on a wrong path or perhaps a path that needed to change. Yeah. And so ultimately, you know, the, the, the key factor was uh, a, a protectionism. Um, you know, my, my subconscious was trying to protect an identity that I had created. Mm. Um, and I wasn't strong enough uh, to challenge that identity. Uh, and I certainly wasn't strong enough to change that identity, but I wasn't even strong enough to challenge it in my own mind, yeah. um, which means we can start to see the world through a, a very uh, foggy, uh, a, fo a foggy view. And, um, you know, again, ultimately, I think I was protecting the problem solver identity yeah. um, and, and that ego of not wanting to ask for help which I know mm. so many us, us guys go through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's such a big one. It's like not one to ask for help. Like it's, and like the stories that come up around that, it's a massive one. Mm. Yeah. Look, I, I think on that point too is, you know, I, I think we, we also have to be careful that I do think there is a line, you know, I, I also think there's a line where asking for help too much causes its own, its own dramas. And yeah. so you know, it's a very difficult conversation to have with yourself as to, am I honest enough that this is a problem I can solve? Or am I honest enough that this is a problem I need help with? And often that's the cloud that we, we put over ourselves with the belief that, you know, a lot of people will say, once I get to my next holiday, I'll be okay, I can relax. Or once I win that promotion, I'll be fine. Once I have this relationship, all external factors that that really we have very limited control over mm. um, seem to be our get out of jail free card as to why we won't seek help. Yeah. But, you know, we also have to be mindful that, you know, we, we don't want people, anybody in society being a victim that has to ask for help for everything. You know, we, we do, we do get better through adversity and through, through growth and through, you know, coming through our own challenges. Yeah. But at the same time, nobody gets anywhere on their own. You know, we, we all get, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a hard balancing act to try and make. And, you know, I do think that typically men fall uh, a lot greater on the, I won't ask side than the yeah. I need to ask side. Yeah. And yeah, I like, guess a beautiful point that you brought up with that. Like, I think it's, it's so true. It's like, it is like a lot of men typically that fall into that category of like, I need help, but I don't want to ask for help because I don't want to seem weak. But then on the other side of that is like, like we can get too used to relying on others to help us um where sometimes like it is like as you said it's like we just need to actually figure like have the help around us have the support around us knowing that that is there but we need to actually do it ourselves as well like and asking yeah. for that help when you need it but not fully relying on that help is having that self-resilience -re within yourself as well that's right and i think there's ways that you know we can build that uh, within ourselves and and you know, we, we do that by taking the small steps along the way and, um, you know, building small practices within ourselves. And, and a lot of it comes down to, you know, an ability for us to keep promises to ourselves. And if we can mm. start by keeping small promises and you start to build resilience and you start to build confidence in your own judgment. Um, yep. and, and, you know, then you call on people that you trust uh, to, you know, give you some guidance and, you know, perhaps give you a hand um, you know, what I say, a hand up, not a hand out, you know, it's, it's to help you do the work. It's not to do the work for you. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Like, and it's one, yeah, it's one of the things that have so many conversations with guys, like who are reaching out, like seeking help and just wanting to be able to better themselves. Like so many of the common things is like, they don't have the confidence in themselves. They don't have that belief in themselves. And like, it's a love, like one of the things, like I love, 
seeing guys being able to do all of this work for themselves and I, lo- I love how much information is out there for people to sort of understand why we do what we do more so um but then it comes back to that that side of it it's like what what are them small simple steps that you're taking for yourself like as you said is like to build that trust to build that that belief in yourself like confidence isn't going to come by just sitting there wanting confidence it's going to come by taking action well, it's a, it's a skill. I mean, confidence is a skill. There's there's no two ways about it. And you know, if you think about any skill that you have, and the, and the reason that we lose skills is because we don't practice the skill. It doesn't matter whether it's dribbling a basketball or handwriting or anything. If you don't practice it, you lose the ability for it. And if if people were honest with themselves about what their daily life looked like and how many promises that they break to themselves, even ones they think don't count. Um, you know, I, I'm in the health and fitness business as well. And, you know, I talk to people when they say they're going to go to the gym and they don't. That's a promise that they've broken to themselves. When they say they're going to go at one o'clock and they don't go till four o'clock, they convince themselves that they've done the right thing, but they still broke a small promise to themselves, which was I'm going to go at one o'clock. And we do this throughout our entire life. I'm not going to have mm-hmm. a beer. Uh, then they have a beer. I'm not going to have some cake. Then I'll have a cake. I'm, I'm not going to leave work early. And they duck out, you know, and, and so all of these little things whittle away at our self-confidence, mm. but you build it back the same way. I, I, I'm, you know, I make no secret about the fact that the very first thing I did to set myself back on track was get up 15 minutes early for one week. That yeah. was the only thing I did. I, I didn't try and, you know, break any records. I didn't try and get up three hours early. I didn't do anything with that 15 minutes in the first week. My first promise was to get up 15 minutes early. And, you know, what I coach with a lot of guys is don't hit snooze on your alarm. Mm. Um, I didn't hit snooze, so I couldn't use that. But, you know, a lot of people who are struggling in life hit snooze more regularly than, than people that are successful. And, um, you know, if you want to start keeping promises to yourself, start with that one. Don't hit snooze for a week. And I guarantee you, by the time you get to Friday, it's a tough week. It's not, you think it's easy, but it's, you know, when yeah. you when you've had that promise, when you've broken that promise so many times before, you know, there's a part of you that's going to, you know, want to default back to it. And, yeah. you know, you start there and then every week build on it, add one small promise, you know, yeah, yeah. and and eventually you're going to, you'll find that you're a lot more confident than you were six weeks ago. Yeah, for sure. Like, and again, I guess it's very similar to like the approach to the take with, with the guys that I'm working with. It's, showing them it is them small consecutive steps and having that consistency with them is what's going to create them big lasting changes whereas you see so many where like they want to just come and completely like here they are one day they're going to wipe everything and be this completely new person tomorrow and you're like yeah that's going to be good but guaranteed like it'll drop off after maybe three or four days and then when it does you fall back on breaking that trust and then you feed that old story that you have for yourself that you're not good enough yeah. that like you can't follow through you do all of that stuff whereas as you said start off with one small small change get that down then add then just continues to build and over time like you look back at yourself you're a completely different person who you were six weeks ago yeah it's, it's i mean it's a very you know masculine manly trait as well to be all or nothing right like it's i'm yeah. gonna I'm going to go to the gym seven days a week. I'm going to eat healthy. I'm going to, you know, save money. I'm going to drive this car. I'm going to, you know, and eventually one thing falls off and it, and it does, it pierces that confidence um, equation that, that you have with yourself. But, you know, if you think about the, the definition of, of resilience, it, it has to be built. It's, it's, you know, and eventually if you build up enough resilience and, and you do break a promise to yourself, you've got some runs on the board. You've got some money mm. in the bank that you can say, well, you know, today was a, a bad day, but, you know, we don't always get it right every single day. Yeah. Um, but we have to start with something small that's achievable and realize, you know, I, I, I say to people that um, we have to start with promises that aren't important, except that they are. You yeah. know, so the, the promise of getting up early is not important. It doesn't do anything necessarily for my day in and of itself. But keeping the promise is the important part. Mm. Um, you know, having a little bit of adversity with that promise is the important part and, and starting, I mean, I, I, I ended up finding this out from, from James clear talks about casting votes towards the person that you'd like to become. And, you know, it, it took me a long time to figure this out. You know, he uses it probably a bit more articulate than I do, but, you know, I, I started to talk about signaling to yourself about the person you want to become. And, 
you know, that happened for me. I took a nine, I took nine months to get to a point that I thought I changed overnight. Mm. And it's only in hindsight that I look back and nine months earlier, I'd actually started doing small things yeah. that built up to this, you know, this change. If we take our eyes off the goal for a minute and actually just break down the process and make mm. the daily process your goal, not achieving something in 10 weeks or six months or whatever the case may be, you break it down into what is the process that would get me to that goal. Forget about the goal then and just work on meeting that practice every single day. One day you wake up and look back and realize you've gone way past the goal that you even set for yourself. Yeah. Mm, I love that, man. It's so good. So good. Um, like one of the things I'd love to get your opinion on is like, so if you're working towards making these changes and like you're starting to like get them scores up in the board with it, but then something does happen and you have, you take a step back or like you, you fall off for a day or two. What is the things that you recommend to be able to shift that mindset? Because so often you can see guys, like they get to that point, something happens and then they fall back and then they just, it's gone. Like it take ages to get back. What would you, what advice would you give to someone to help like get themselves back up and keep going? Yeah. Look, something I learned in myself very early was that the way I describe it for me is that, you only let yourself down when you fail the second time. Right? The first time that you get away from something isn't the failure. But once you miss something, you are now consciously aware that you've missed it. The second time is a choice. The first time might have been circumstance. The first time might have been condition. The first time might have been the weather. Um, but now you have a choice. And you only let yourself down if you repeat the behavior. Yeah. And so that doesn't mean we, we fail on Wednesday. So we wait till Monday to get back to it because that just gives us four days to convince ourselves that we're no good at keeping promises. So if we fail on Wednesday, we get back to it on Thursday. Or yeah. if we fail Wednesday morning, we take the next opportunity to, to get back on track. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a completely different scenario. But I heard somebody say once that, you know, he was going through some grief and they asked him, what, what does he do? And he said, all I can do is the next right thing. Yeah. So when we do fail, which we will, and I do, um, you know, I, I have a daily practice and I fail it. My goal is to never fail it two days in a row. Mm. If, I, if I fail it two days in a row, then I start to wonder whether I've let myself down. Yeah. Um, but, you know, so, the, so I try and practice that, you know, we are going to make mistakes. We will fail. But if I then focus on do the next right thing, uh, I'm going to get back on track far quicker. I'm not going to want to do the next right thing. I'm going to have to suck it up. It's going to be uncomfortable. Sometimes it might be a training session and you just got to turn up and do something because at least you can then convince yourself that you got back on track. Um, but you can't, as my dad says, you can't saw sawdust. You know, we, we, we end up spending a lot of time focusing on how we failed in the past. Um, I'd probably put it a little bit more succinctly, I, I, well, uh, articulately, I say that our, our past is an education. It's not a location. Um, we, we learn from it, don't live there. Mm. And so you just have to do the next right thing um, and realize that you now have a choice. Yeah. Um, and you, you, cannot, um, you cannot get away from the fact that it is your choice yeah i love that like and yeah like that was one of the uh, one of the quotes that I had written down to speak into is like how our past should be an education not a location like i absolutely love that like and it's yeah it's so well articulated that it just shows that epitome of that growth mindset is like everything that everything that happens to us like it's not a failure as such it's like a lesson it's like you can let it be a failure if you just beat yourself up for it or else you can learn from that lesson and like figure out like right what do we need to do next time yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, I mean, I suppose it's a play on a, a stoic philosophy, but a, a Shakespeare quote that says, um, you know, there is no good or bad, but thinking makes it so. And, um, you know, we have, we never know in life what a circumstance is going to impact us like until the end of life. Now, I can tell you that some of the things that I put myself and my family through five years ago, six years ago, and longer, um, in the moment were absolutely horrendous things. You could ask any person and they would immediately say, this is a bad thing. Mm. Um, 
I'm now five, six, seven years removed from that. And I can't help but look back on that moment with anything other than gratitude. Mm. Now, that's a completely different mindset than what I had when I was going through it. Now, that, that same circumstance that nearly killed me has actually created a far more um, uh, fulfilled, a far happier, a far more purposeful man yeah. uh, than had I not gone through it. It's kind of hard to hate that situation, right? It, it's, yeah. and, you know, but what we tend to do is something bad happens. We spend a lot of time beating ourselves up about it. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't mean I'm happy about what I went through. I mean, I still would prefer to not gone through it. Um, but the simple fact is I have gone through it and I can now choose as to whether or not I use it as a good thing or a bad thing. Mm. Yeah, so powerful. And then like you're in a position now to help men not have to repeat your old mistakes as well and learn from your mistakes it's, I think but it's there's so men alive today because i went through that shit yeah i mean i'm sorry for the language if you don't have language on the podcast but there, there are people alive today myself included <laughs> but there are people alive today that that may not be had i not gone through my shit mm. um that that is you know that's pretty hard to be negative about right yeah, like sure. you know I, I caused a lot of destruction to a lot of people that that trusted me um but still um, you know, I can focus on the destruction that I caused, or I could focus on the lives that, that I've saved or the, you know, the, the, the changes that have been made in, in myself and others. And that's just where I choose to focus my attention. Mm. Yeah. So powerful. Like one of the things I'd be curious to know a little bit about, cause like you were saying, whenever you went to that lowest point within yourself, like you said, it took about a year at that space to actually start making these changes for yourself. Like what was it? that was that big catalyst for you that actually gave you the strength to start making these changes? Look, I, I think, again, there's, there's probably something that's, you know, a primal in all of us. Um, and and I, I guess the truth is I started them without even knowing. Mm. I, I, it wasn't until I looked back. Um, now, unfortunately for me, there was some major points in my life that weren't strong enough externally to be a, a catalyst that I could pinpoint. So I, I lost my job. Um, I went through some criminal proceedings um, because of my misuse of the credit card. Um, I ended up losing my partner and, and you know, her kids, which became my family. And, you know, a lot of these made me make some very quick behavioral changes that were very shallow behavioral changes. And so all of my darkness and demons were still there. I just put some spack filler over the top and you know, got on with it for about six months and felt like I'd achieved a whole lot of stuff when in actual fact, I'd, I'd done not much and yeah. ended up feeling worse. As you were saying before, you know, you can, when you fall back, sometimes you fall back a lot deeper. Um, I got to a point in my life where, uh, you know, I, I very seriously considered the value of my life is probably the, the best way that I, I like to describe it now. Mm. Um, and that scared me. Um, you know, it, it was very difficult place to be um and it scared me enough to i suppose put down the bravado and go and get help to, to go and speak to somebody so the, the you know i suppose the very first thing i did was walk into a gp's office and say i've had these thoughts i i, I don't want to do it let's you know what do i need to do next and um you know i'm an action taker and i basically convinced myself that anything from that moment on that the the professionals told me to do i would just do I didn't, I wasn't, there was no question, um, you know, I, was, I wasn't a guy that was into uh, meditation and mindfulness, but when the psychologist said it, I did it. I wasn't a guy that was into grounding myself, but when they told me to do that, I did that. I'm not a medication guy, but when the psychiatrist gave me some meds for a while, I took them. And um, pretty soon what started to happen was I started to be a guy who did things that a man wanting to get better would do, right? I started showing up for myself. I started showing up to appointments. I was taking whatever medication the doctor told me to take. I was taking, I was doing the meditation, even though it didn't come naturally to me. Yeah. I made a commitment that I would do it and I did it. And mm. over a nine month period, I ended up becoming more of the man that I wanted to be um, purely by doing the actions that that man would do. Yeah, and and you know it, 
as I said, I don't know that I suppose the catalyst was those those dark times of, of considering suicide. Um, but in reality, you know, it was a it was a building process uh, that, that one thing probably didn't change, but certainly had a had a big impact. Yeah. Yeah. So powerful, man. Like, and yeah, so grateful that you had to go through that process and have come out in such a strong position to help many, many others, because like it is like, it's, there's unfortunately, like there's a lot of people who don't have that grit and determination to be able to follow through and show up how, how you do. But I think the more, the more men that are able to be open and speak about this, like it just shows that the possibility is there, the, the help is there, the action steps is there. And as you said at the start, before we even hit record, like we were talking, it was like, just people out there for everyone. Hmm. It's just a matter of finding your people. That's right. Yeah, hundred percent. And look, there's, you know, I probably am in a space that's a little newer and that is, you know, um, maybe more what people would consider the, the alpha, you know, male, the, you know, of a police officer, a, a rugby league player, a, you know, a beer drinker, a, a, a buffhead and, and all of those sorts of things. And, you know, as, as being in the police force, it doesn't seem apparent that there's as many people to talk to because, you know, it's, I certainly have a different view on this now, but as a, uh, as an alpha male in the police force, going to see a sandal wearing psychologist just doesn't resonate. It, it just doesn't. And, you know, I, I don't mean that disrespectfully to any sandal wearing psychologist, but it's a, um, it's just not something that we, we have been conditioned uh, to, to think. So automatically you walk in and, and the conversation is very difficult to have. Mm. But there are people from all walks of life who have been where you are or have been where you're heading, yeah. and they have strategies that resonate with you. Now, I, I do resonate a little bit more with alpha-style males, you know, police officers, military, sports people, executives, you know, that sort of stuff. But I've got to, I tell you, I've got a hell of a lot of uh, female clients as well. I've got a lot of... Uh, uh, you know, people that wouldn't, you wouldn't naturally think fit the mold. And that's because it's sometimes important to get around and talk to people until you find what resonates with you, not just stop at the first one that doesn't sound right, you know? And, yeah. and the great thing with social media these days, you can go and research people and listen to their story. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and probably just on that point, one thing I really would implore to people is, Try and find reasons why their story resonates with you. I mean, for mm. probably three or four years, I was very active in finding reasons why somebody didn't resonate with me, that they did not. And therefore, I avoided the ability to go and see them, right? I, I would say, well, that those people don't understand me, you know, again, they, you know, and to be fair, my... Uh, one of my psychologists is a sandal wearing psychologist. So it's, you know, it, it works, right? It's, it's just that I put a block up, right? I pretended yeah. that that's not, that doesn't resonate with me. And because I believed it didn't resonate, I was never going to have success. But mm. once I started searching and asking that question, you know, how does this person relate to me? How can I find something in their, their story that means something to me? All of a sudden, everybody became somebody to learn from. Yeah, and, you know that changed a whole lot in my world. Yeah, mm, so powerful. Like, and it is like it's it, it's just being open, being open minded to like you don't know what's out there until you actually allow yourself to open up and receive it. Um, and mm. to be fair, you know, you know, this is a generic statement, but you're not special enough that somebody else hasn't been where you are. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just it's it's just not true. Uh, yeah, and you can believe it if you want, but you know, there there is almost no person out there that I can't find a way to connect with them on their story uh, and, yeah. and, and how I can make it relate to me in, in my own journey, right? Mm. I, this is not, this is not my coaching. Yeah. I am getting better because everybody I speak to, I find some way that their story can help me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and there's, there's literally nobody out there that has a story that is so unique that, uh, nobody can help them you know it yeah just, it just doesn't exist yeah so true so true and like it's it's one of the things that i see it's so powerful for especially guys who might be new to, newer to this sort of work and when they actually come together and allow themselves to be in a space with all our men and hear all our people's stories and stuff like that like straight away like one of the first things they always say at the end of the session is like 
how surprised they were that there's so many people going through the same stuff that they're going through and you're like yeah it's like you're not special i don't know if you've had this experience but i don't know how many people that didn't know my story beforehand that when i as soon as i share my story with them they will share theirs with theirs with me yeah and 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 you know there's a there's a saying i love that says being vulnerable gives other people permission to be vulnerable Mm. um and as i said that there is almost nobody that that hasn't shared their story with me after they've heard mine. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just because they feel safer, right? That's the reason we don't tell the stories because we don't feel safe. And yeah, but by being vulnerable, you open yourself up to also be able to help people, you know? And um, yeah, it's, you're right. You get those, the men's circles and, you know, people start telling stories and, you know, all of a sudden everybody's opening up and you realize We've actually all got the same story. Um, mm. There might be some different nuances and, and reasons and symptoms, but you know, we all got struggles. Yeah. You know. Nah, so true, man. Um, yeah, like I'd love to shift up the gear from here. Like it's um, like one of the things that you speak into is like the power of owning your identity. Um, like I know we spoke into that about being brutally honest, but I'd love you to explain that process that you have. Like it's it goes through like the purpose potential. The process and the practice it um so if you'd i'd love you yeah. to explain that concept a li- little bit more because i think that could be really powerful for, for people listening yeah sure look in, in uh, again this was all things that i've been through in, in you know my journey out and you know i took it i took a chance to learn from and work with some people all over the world and and you know to, to those people that uh don't have many resources um you know somebody that's gambled away two million dollars has less than no resources so i did all this for free you know you can find people and learn from people before you you get enough resources to you know reach out to them but ultimately i found that my path followed these eight steps and you know thankfully i could put a p word to all of them so you know it became i I jokingly said it was a p yourself process um but it all started by creating a compelling vision and, and and that is that was in terms of finding out who you are and what you want out of life. So your mm. purpose. What is your purpose? That's the who you are part. And and the potential is what do you want out of life? And you know, I, I describe this best that if you're going to take a journey somewhere, rather than like we don't jump in the car and just drive aimlessly, right? Usually if we want to get somewhere, we I have to know where we're going and B how to get there. Yeah. And potentially why, you know, why we want to go there. Um, and so figuring out who you are and what you want is the first step in my view, because without a compelling vision, you actually have no reason to search for a pathway to um, reconcile your past or you know, deal with those issues. If you've got nowhere that you're going, you've got no reason to do anything else. Yeah. And so start by trying to figure out who you are and what you want. And then you do have to be honest with yourself about where you are in life. You know, again, mm. if you're going to get in that car, there's no point putting into Google Maps that you're in Hobart, Tasmania, if you're actually in Sydney, right? So you, you have to figure out where you currently are and come to terms with some shit in your past. You know, yeah. if, you, if you don't at least acknowledge that it exists, um, you're going to struggle to get anywhere, um, you know? And so you've got to reconcile that. That part for me is, you know, renovating your internal alignment. So you get all that shit out of the way. You know where you want to go. You get all the shit out of the way. And then the last part is by is updating your life with a with a proven strategy. And, you know, you can build these yourself. There are plenty of people such as yourself out there helping men, you know, create their own path that they can follow. Because, you know, sometimes it's not easy. It took me 12 years to figure this shit out, you know. And, you know, I, I would tell people, go and speak to somebody who's been there before. You know, don't take 12 years. You can do it in 12 weeks if you find the right people to talk to, yeah. but you have to build a path, uh, the path that's going to get you where you want to go. And, um, but then there's some other things you've got to do. You've got to, you've got to be patient. You can't just do it for a week and think you're going to arrive. Mm-hmm. You've got to be persistent and you've got to persevere, um, you know, and you've got to practice it. You've yeah. got to do it every day or every week or every month or however, whatever it looks like on your plan, you know, it's not a once off deal. Um, you know, but if you follow those steps, there's, there's almost nowhere that you can't get if you, you know, if, if you follow that process, it's, it's mind that that's the process that I came up with. But I guarantee you, if you go through any successful coaching program, if you go through any 
uh, successful person, the process is going to be pretty similar. You might change the words, but yeah, they're going to, you know, it's, it's going to basically be that same thing. Yeah. No, I love that, man. I can like, yeah, like I love just like relating it to like going on a car journey. Like it just makes it like really clear for people to understand. Like, cause yeah, so often it's like, we, we don't know what our purpose is and like, we don't know where it is, why we're going. Like we know like, we're just not happy with where we are and know something needs to change. And we start trying to do all of these things, but nothing sticks. But as you said, it's like, get that really clear vision. And like, that's, what's going to be pulling you towards. Um, well, yeah. as humans, we talk in generalities far too much. And, and we do that because we don't want to cut off any alternatives, right? Like, so we talk about wanting to get richer. We talk about wanting to lose weight. We talk about wanting a better job, a better relationship, but we never actually articulate what that looks like. So that gives us, you know, a little bit of um, an opportunity to fail and say, yeah, but I did lose 500 grams. So therefore I lost weight and I achieved my goal. So I'm fantastic. Um, but it also means that we can never truly be fulfilled because, you know, you might end up hitting the goals that you want to hit, but you, if you don't know that they're your goals, you're not going to be fulfilled in that. And, you know, I also reckon that if you want to get there quicker, you, you best articulate them because you won't go around in circles. You know, you, yeah. you will have your eye on the prize. And uh, something I saw from a guy I follow, Tom Bilyeu, he says, if, he might have got it from someone else, but if you're presented with a thousand doors, your job is not to pick the right doors. It's to close 999 of them. You know, yeah. it's, and, and, you know, the, even the term decision, um, I think comes from the Latin to cut off. You know, sometimes we have to make a decision and actually cut off from other alternatives in order to get to where we want to go. And, you know, I think that is about being specific, you know, it's about articulating. This is who I am and it's okay to be that person. And this is what I want, you know, and I actually work with a lot of people who thought once we do that process, they can stop because they realize they've actually got what they want. You know, they're, they're, they're unhappy. And then we go through the process and they actually realize they've got exactly what they want and that they, they shift like that. They're like, oh, okay. I don't have to worry about the next promotion or working 70 hours a week or, you know, all I wanted in life was this house with this amount of money. Uh, you know, I can do everything I want in my life with what I've got now. Okay, that's, that's pretty nice, right? Yeah, so true. Like, and yeah, like I think it just helps, like with that as well. Like, it's by having that clarity, it helps kind of taking them steps forward that we were talking about uh, previously as well. Whereas, like, rather than just taking steps for the sake of it, but it's like having that, they, you knowing that these are going to get you towards where it is that you want to be. It also helps with it, it takes out the ambiguity, you know, and. When we have ambiguity, as I said before, we end up just being a victim of circumstance and conditioning and other people's views. Yeah. If I don't know who I am as a person, anything anybody ever says to me, my subconscious will go, well, maybe that's true. Mm. Right? But I can tell you now, there is, there is next to nothing anybody can say in this world that will make me question who I am right now. So things like negative comments on social media, they don't affect me because... I, I am not looking for somebody else's input as to who I am as a person. Now, if I haven't articulated that to myself, if I don't know who I am, yeah. any view that somebody else has is going to influence whether or not I think that's me. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you, you can't, you know, you can't buy that sort of freedom. You know, it's, it's, it's a work that you have to do, but mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot more people would get value out of, and knowing who they are, even if they don't know where they want to go, if you know who you are, you, you're going to be a lot more resilient than yeah. than everybody else. Yeah, I love that, man. Like, it's, yeah, that's a really powerful one. I love it. Um, yeah, like, one of the things I'd be interested in as well is, like, as you said, is, like, the importance of that practice for yourself of kind of, of getting you towards who it is that you want to be and just living, living and breathing that person each and every day. I'd love to know is like what is your daily practices like what's your daily non-negotiables that you hold for yourself? Yeah, I, I, I don't get away from my morning routine. Um, you know, and, and to be fair, the longer I've gone with it, probably the more flexible I've been with how what it looks like. Um, but it's it's pretty well the same that it's been for a number of years. You know, I um I'm very big on I have four areas of my life, my health, my wealth my relationship and myself. And I, I have a couple of factors within all of those. Um, my absolute 
non-negotiable. Um, I, with my partner, every, I set my alarm 15 minutes earlier than I want to get up. And the very first 15 minutes is spent connecting with her. Um, we might fall back asleep. We might just cuddle. We might talk. But it's 15 minutes of connection with no phone, no anything, no kids. Um, that, that is an absolute non-negotiable for me. It means at least I've had 15 minutes with my partner that there's been no outside noise, no bills, no anything like that. I usually have a cold shower and drink 500 mils of water and do a gratitude practice. Um, there is almost no successful person I've come across that doesn't have a gratitude practice of some sort. I would be stupid to think that I could be the one that would be successful without it. So I do it and it is fantastic. Uh, it probably saved a lot more of my life than I even give it credit for. Um, but look, I, I try and work my day. I have a little bit of a strategy of breaking the day down into 13 hours of my day focused on one of those four areas, my health, my wealth, my relationship and myself. Um, uh, and then seven hours of sleep and the other four hours of my free time. Now, mm. usually those four hours are spent either sleeping or uh, on my health, my wealth, my relationship and myself. Cause I'll be honest, I just find so much more energy from those four areas than I do from sitting on the couch or, you know, anything like that. I actually enjoy the practices that I have. So I usually do those as well. You know, and I play with my son, right. That's part of my relationships. That's mm -hmm. part of myself. That can be part of my health. So, you know, my four hours is really just a little bit of a, uh, a, a cover in case I, end up not doing one of those four things but yeah that's pretty much how i, I try and break my day down it, it differs from day to day depending on what i've got on but the focus heavily is on those four macro areas and you know making sure that something fits inside those yeah mm, i love it i love it and um, how important is having that physical practice for yourself because i know like looking at your insta like you've got a love with uh, kettlebells and your weighted vest <laughs> Yeah, look, it's, I mean, it's, it's key to me, um, but I've always been a health and fitness guy. So I, I don't pretend that it's key to everybody. I do believe that moving um, is important to everybody. I, I don't think you can feel fulfilled and purposeful if you cannot move. I, I, I think it, it is a, but what that looks like is different to, to, uh, to everybody as well, you know, and, and look to me through the things that I've been through physically, um, being physically challenged is a place that I enjoy to be. Um, mm -hmm. It's a place that helps me grow. And so some of the things you might see on my Insta are probably, uh, you know, a, a little bit out there for a lot of people. Um, but to others, it's probably pretty benign. You know, I, I follow a lot of people, a lot do a lot harder, tougher stuff than <laughs> me, you know. Um, but it's important. It's, it's look, I, I want to say it's daily. If it's not daily, it's, a, it's been a mistake on my part. Um, but I have a, a weekly plan or a daily plan for movement. Mm -hmm. I'll be honest, some days it's a stretch, right? I, I never did yoga before last year. I've, I've never, you know, and again, this is part of that identity that we create. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I will say I'm mad into yoga, but every time I do it, I feel good. I don't do it weekly. I don't do it regularly, but when I do it, it I feel good, you know? So I stretch a lot more. I yeah. don't do hard physical exercise every day, but I find that it is important and, and mm. there's almost nobody that you'll come across that it doesn't help in some way, shape or form, you know, and do it to the best of your ability as well. You know, it's yeah. not about, not about looking at the person next to you. It's doing what works for you um, and what makes you feel alive. And there's no doubt if you're moving, you know, you're alive, right? So <laughs> at, le at least buy into that. Yeah, for sure, man, for sure. Awesome, dude. So many nuggets of wisdom throughout the conversation. Like, yeah, really powerful. Like, uh, yeah, I could believe there's a lot um, everyone is listening and got from this conversation and can learn from yourself. Um, I'd love to just finish it up with, um, like, out of everything that we've spoken into or anything else that we may have left out, like, what would be, like, the number one piece of advice that you would give to someone, say, who was back in your shoes a number of years ago where you faced you're feeling completely lost within yourself like you feel like you know that there's just like something needs to change but you don't know where to go what would that advice would you give yeah look the overarching advice is deal with the you that you don't talk about you know we, we all have this part of us that we don't share with others that we don't even share with ourselves mm. and you have to find a way to deal with the you that you don't talk about and and you know i i 
I do say that this it has to be a brutal, honest uh, appraisal. Um, it might not be pretty, uh, but you know if 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 uh, if you've got cancer and you don't go to the doctor, you've still got cancer. So whether you deal with it or not, it still exists. And you know the uncomfortableness of dealing with it uh, is far better than the uncomfortableness of not dealing with it. And uh, again, I heard somebody quite a quote once that said, uh, "You just got to figure out which." flavor of shit sandwich that you want to eat. Um, <laughs> you know, if you, if you are struggling, you're going to have to eat a shit sandwich, but it might be a lot better to deal with the you that you're not talking about. So, you know, explore. It, it's not going to happen tomorrow, but, you know, to anybody that's listening to, to this podcast, explore more, right? Yeah. Listen to some of Finn's other podcasts um, because there's great content. Again, if you can listen to, if you can listen to people and try and figure out how their story resonates with you, you can start to piece bits and pieces together. You don't have to find it all from one person. Mm. I certainly didn't. I don't know many people that do. Um, but, you know, you know if you're feeling off. And yeah. if you're feeling off, that's your internal guide that says you have to do something. And, you know, just do something. And then if that doesn't work, do something else. And yeah. when that doesn't work, do something else. And pretty soon those bits and pieces that you put together will have done uh, wonders for you. So yeah. I know it was a bit long winded, but that's, that's probably what I'd, I'd recommend. Perfect, man. Perfect. Awesome. So yeah, just to finish up, um, like I will put uh, drop in the show notes, um, a few places where people can reach out and connect with you and like the work that you're doing. Like I know that you have a book out as well on Amazon. Um, so anyone who wants to learn more about your story and your system and stuff, I'd highly recommend that. Again, I'll put the link of that into the show notes. And is there any other final words that you want to finish off with or anything you want to share for yourself? No, I, I appreciate it, mate. Thank you for having me on. And, and you know, it's, um, it's always great to talk to people that are looking to improve other people's lives through their own stories and their own, own journeys. And, um, you know, as I said, there's everybody out there you know, has, has their own struggle to get through. And as long as we open and we can keep talking about it, then we're going to be in a lot better place than, than if we don't. So thank you for the stuff that you're doing as well. And, um, you know, I've really enjoyed the conversation. They, they go by so quickly, you know, it, it's something I'm, I'm extremely passionate about. And yeah. I think that means that, you know, uh, that the conversations go quick, but they're always valuable. Yeah, for sure. Now really appreciate your time and everything that you're doing. Thank you. Cheers, mate. Awesome.